this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to the award-winning Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. And now your host, health and safety specialist, mentor and speaker, Colin Nottage. This is a word from our sponsors, uh, Project Miletium. If you're uh, somebody that's new to the health and safety profession, or if you've been in the health and safety profession for a while and you feel you've hit a bit of a plateau, or maybe you are going towards the end of your career and you want to give something back to the health and safety profession, then Project Miletium is for you. It's a fantastic community uh, where we have a, we have weekly community calls, we have a monthly book club, we have a quarterly wagon wheel, and the whole emphasis is on about making health and safety professionals better versions of themselves. So please check out www.projectmiletium, which is M-O-L-L-I-T-I-A-M.com, projectmiletium.com and come and join this fantastic and amazing community and where you will be challenged to become a better version of you. Thank you. Hi there, Colin Nottage here and welcome to the Interesting Health and Safety Podcast. Today I'm joined by um, Stephen Harvey. Um, Stephen is a health and safety professional uh, in Brisbane, um, but he's not from Australia. He's from Glasgow originally. So, um, you know, it's really, really interesting and just been really nice uh, having a chatter with Stephen and, and just, just listening to his journey um, and and his approach to, to health and safety is very, very much, uh, you know, sort of a, you know, a new view, you know, safety differently approach. Um, and we, we explore some of the sort of the practical, I suppose, the practical ways that he is applying, um, you know, his learning over recent years into the workplace. I'd like to hand you over to, to Stephen. Stephen, good, good. Well, good morning for me, but it's good afternoon for you. Um, you know, thank you so much for for joining us on the the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. Could you just give us a, a, a bit of an intro into into who you are? Yeah, sure. No worries, Colin. Yeah, it's, it's ten past three in the afternoon here in sunny Queensland. We're just approaching. Uh, it's coming into winter, so you'll be pleased to know it's about twenty five degrees outside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so. Colin, a bit about, as you can tell, I'm mostly from Glasgow. Although I did leave Glasgow many, many years ago, I actually left in Christmas 2000. So right. most of my adult life you know, I've, been, I've been gone. So I used to, I, I worked for Volvo Cars on the Isle of Wight, believe it or not. Right, okay. And, uh, and then uh, my wife got offered an opportunity to work in Sydney as a nurse. So I thought, oh, I need to you should do that, you should be better at So we went to Volvo and they said, oh, we're desperate for European car mechanics out over there. So that's what happened. I, I sort of took myself over to Australia, first off in Sydney, five years. And, but that's when the, the trajectory of my life changed. When, and I was actually involved in a workplace event um, where a vehicle fell off a hoist okay. and landed in top of me, near killed me. So... There was no way I was going back to fixing cars after that, Colin. I was never any good at fixing cars anyway. Okay. Was, uh, I think I think <laughs> I my think boss only kept me because I was. Volvo's didn't need. I think my boss only. Yeah, yeah. They run and run. Yeah, they do in Australia. The lights, the lights. I think my boss only. My boss only kept me because I was entertaining. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, so, from that, the organisation I was working with, obviously, they didn't really have much in the way of safety and. You know, Definitely didn't have any safety advisors or even a HR person to sort of help keep this stuff under control. So they had actually asked me afterwards, and we never, ever, ever want what happened to you to happen again. Can you maybe help us and support us and help do it? Mm-hmm. But Colin, I was probably the worst safety person ever. I was that sort of guy with the clipboards around and say no no you're not doing that properly you know this is how you do it and this is what mm-hmm. you do it properly so that was um so i've done that probably for about a year or two and then i moved up to queensland where i am now in 2008 and uh then i became like a dedicated safety person mm-hmm. and even then when i reflect back me i'm just like oh it's a bit more safety person ever <laughs> I was terrible. I was telling people what to telling people how to clean, and I worked for an organisation called Spotless and that thing. 
and I was telling women who have cleaned for many years how, how to do their job essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real sort of breakthrough point for me was uh, I worked in a labor hire organization and there was a fatality involving a mechanic changing a tire on uh, one of those big mining trucks. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy, I'll never forget this, the guy who sort of said, if only the mechanic was following the procedure, he'd have been alive today. And I was like, come Car mechanics and mechanics in general don't follow procedures anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't need to have a skill. I was really, like, I'll never forget meeting them. And I was saying, geez, there must be, there must be another way to do this. There must be, you just can't, you just can't have safety like that or just blame totally. But it was around about that time I had a boss of mine who gave me the field guide to understanding human error. Mm-hmm. And that sort of flipped my whole way of thinking. It actually left me a bit disillusioned to safety altogether. Mm-hmm. Because once you were reading that, and then I started discovering that probably the, the one of the best podcasts going, who raised disaster casts. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, when I discovered that, I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, I couldn't get enough of it. Like, it was like, I, need, I had a real burst. Mm-hmm. But it was always like, see, it was leaving me frustrating them mm-hmm. because it's like, well, no one else is practicing safety like this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about documentation. Everyone's talking about uh, protection of the business. So that I found that quite challenging. But I sort of was really, that's when I started reading more books. I discovered Todd Conklin. And I started listening to his podcast. I was reading his podcast. And all these other amazing people. And then it, it just, it, it, took, it took a few years, but never sort of, I felt like a big community. But people, particularly in Brisbane, we're really lucky here in Queensland, you know, the, 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 we've got the Griffith University there, that's what they can do, and, and Tristan Casey, all those amazing guys. So mm-hmm. and now I'm quite glad to say that I could definitely perform my safety very much to, to a higher quality and a higher standard to what I did when I first started practicing, for sure. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, you know, what does that look like then? You know, when you you know when you say you're practicing your your health and safety to a higher standard, pr- practically then, you know, in the field, what does that look like? For me, like I've got this really super high level curiosity. You know, like I I was out in the field the other day. I've just started a new role um, at a pretty big government organisation, mm-hmm. and I started seeing the lag sense of this. This role allows me to ask the stupidest questions uh, without judgment. And they were all laughing. They were saying, but we're not used to that. Mm. We're not used to people talk, talking about that. So uh, I, mean, it's, I suppose it's just really having that. I've heard people talk about industrial empathy, and I really relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, coming in and, and really listen to people and listen to their challenges and, and listen to how they actually do, how work is actually done for them in the fields. And that's that's I mean obviously there's a lot more to that in my role, but in terms of being practically, it's just being available, being accessible, being kind, just being a good human. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I definitely don't judge people. Like one of the, the insights I collected the other day, I was out in the toolbox talk and I spoke to people around, you know, how we want to start learning from what's going well here, how we want to start capturing uh, insights about where work is difficult, et cetera, et cetera. And the boys said to me, are you, um, did you like interview like this? Did you talk like this when you had your interview? And they weren't talking about my accent. They were talking about the language I was using. I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. And they're like, geez, it's so unusual to hear safety mm-hmm. people talk like that normally. They're full of blame and they've got a fearsome reputation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'm one of the guys that's starting to change that. Mm. reputation that safety people have one of the things that i'm um and i'm i really i really sort of get what you're saying there um one of the things i'd just like to again get your view on your opinion on is is it's very much about listening to the to the to the people in the business people at the shop end understand as you say understand how the work is done understand how uh you know how how work is performed successfully day after day um but people in management positions okay and as you get further up they they almost feel like they need they need some kind of some kind of protection they need they need something mm-hmm. there that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna i suppose keep the uh 
keep the wolf from the door, as it were. You know, so how do you how do you balance that equation? You know, because, you know, you were talking there about about procedure and you were talking there about, you know, you know, when the guy had the fatality, he wasn't following the procedure. How do you how do you balance that off that the that the management get get comfortable that in actual fact, you know, stuff is stuff is is going to go the right way, but without necessarily stuffing the business up with loads and loads of bureaucracy? Yeah, like I could probably actually talk to that uh, in terms of when I was at, uh, I can now say urban utilities because I've left there. Okay. So when I was at urban utilities, we actually discovered that there was a pre-start risk assessment form that the lads had to complete. Mm-hmm. And when we were capturing insects form, the, the guys were starting to go, oh, do you know what, this is like a waste of time. This is like really pretty poorly done. You know, like we... We basically, we have this conversation and then someone will stand back and complete the, the paperwork afterwards. So we started to think, well, there might be something in this. So we went out and surveyed all our teams. Sort of saying, Tell us a bit more about this documentation. Everyone consistently gave the same message that it was like a comfort blanket to the organisation, right? That mm-hmm. offered no value to them, but it was for protection of the organisation. Mm-hmm. So we thought, no, we need to change this. So we actually brought in some big gun lawyers, if I'm being totally honest. Mm-hmm. You know, we checked the legislation here in Australia, and it's probably the same, same as what it is in the UK. I'm not quite familiar with the UK. I've been away for so long. But it talked about there's no real any prescribed method to managing risk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, what if we do something a bit different? What if we trained our people in sort of like risk competency around the work? Mm-hmm. And so we obviously had to take that to an executive level for approval. And there was a, a level of discomfort there for sure. Mm-hmm. People were like, well, you know, we spoke to some of our delivery partners about what work they were doing, and they just didn't have the appetite for it at all. Mm-hmm. So we thought, will we do it then? Because we can we'll remove this risk assessment. Uh, but I'll be totally honest, it's, there was some people that were still like, oh, I don't know, I'm not entirely sure that. Like we're doing the right thing by taking this away. And some of these lawyers were actually saying, no, look, you, you need a method. It's actually a system of work and how you manage risk. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got around it. We're sort of saying, we'll use, our, we'll use a training. We'll actually train the guys on the hazards of the job mm-hmm. to help inform decisions. So, and look, it was, I have to be, it was the greatest thing that we ever did, mm-hmm. removing that document. But in saying that, that's how that was... That was a long haul. That took about a year and a half to get that through. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's other organisations who just would not have the appetite at all to, to sort of change it. Uh, so, did, that, so did you? St- was there still something produced then? Was there a document produced, but it was just something yeah. that was done later on? No, nothing at all. Uh, right. So anything that didn't have required a swim. So in Australia, high risk construction work mm-hmm. has to have like a swim attached to it. Mm-hmm. So what we found was. Even the low-level work that the guys were doing, sometimes it was taking longer for them to complete the paperwork. So they were working to rule, right? You know, this rule, hey, you must complete this rule. Mm. So they were working to rule. So sometimes it was taking longer to do the paperwork than what it was to sort of uh, actually do the job, mm-hmm. which was really quite interesting. So we, anything that had a swims attached to it, um, in it, sorry, anything that didn't have a swims attached to it, then we didn't sort of have to do the paperwork. It was just a conversation, a guided yeah. conversation. So he gave the guys he gave the guys the questions to ask. So it wasn't just oh, I had a chat, you know, just just go ahead and do what you want. There was an actual system to it. There was a method to that conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I say, that's going to be a hard sell for most organisations. We were we were pretty brave to take that on. But so that conversation what, was happening before that. That conversation was happening before the the sort of more, the more simpler tasks. Were being undertaken. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that happens in every single organisation on the planet. Mm-hmm. People talk about work and how they perform work yeah, yeah, before yeah. they complete before they complete their take fives or their risk yeah. assessments. Or, mm-hmm. So we were just sort of formalising that process okay. Okay. And, and speeding up the work. You know, it's like improving the performance, making them faster. Mm-hmm. And what were they? They were quite open. The questions were they? Were they? They were looking for for the other person yeah, to. Honestly, they were easy. They, right, like, yeah. There was stuff just basically stuff like what we're doing here. Today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what tools do we need? Mm-hmm. How do we set ourselves up for success? You know, like what swimmers are we using? If it, like, what do we need to do? 
So I'm sure like, we, we got the guys to design the questions as well. So we're like, like if you're going to take this document away, we want your input from this. Mm -hmm. we, we need to be able to have, mm -hmm. if, if you are going to do the work, then you need to answer ask the questions. So that's what we've done. We've created seven questions. We created a lot of paraphernalia that went with it. We, we had like stickers that went on the phones and laptops and that sort of stuff on the iPads. So it was always there. It was always visible. And never, whenever we went out to site, you know, we'd always say, all right, so tell us the story of the job. What did you discuss in your chat? Mm -hmm. So we called this a chat, the conversation as of the assessment tool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, look at, like I say, mate, in terms of culture, it's the greatest thing that we all did. Yeah, I love that. I'm just writing that down. Tell us the story of this job. I really like that. That's a nice, simple, that's a nice, simple thing that you can say to people, isn't it? You know, yeah, look, it's, some, it's something I use in my new role a mm -hmm. lot too. Uh, I think here they're probably a bit used to safety people being a bit abrasive and, and telling them what to do. So now that when I'm going to the site, it's either sort of saying, hey, you know, tell me the story mm -hmm. of how, you, how you're managing it. Mm -hmm. And because safety is just like a, you know, safety is just an investment property of the work, isn't it? So uh, mm -hmm. it's just part of the job. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can get you to tell the whole story, then they're, they're a lot comfortable. I have noticed in some of the places I, I go really, they'll start saying, oh, hang on, let me get the swims. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want you to get the swims. Talk me through it. Can you just explain what they are? You said mentioned that a few times now. Swim, swims, swims, so. swims are safe work method statements. Oh, okay. okay. So in in Australia, we are legally obligated to have these documents okay. around high risk construction work. Okay. Uh, like and, and depending on the organisation, depending on the level of the, the bureaucratic approach to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was another thing we, we did in my last organisation too. We sort of got all these documents together and we asked our HSRs to sort of redesign them to make them useful for them. Mm -hmm. Because what we found is it was safety people that wrote the swims because it was a legally required document. Mm -hmm. So they were actually not practical for people in the field. Mm -hmm. So when we stripped them back, we changed all the language. We asked them what controls they put in place. We refer to the codes of practice, which is another sort of guiding principle here in Australia. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a code for that work, then generally you have to follow the code. Mm -hmm. So we referred, so we created these documents for these guys to use. Yep. Uh, so and they took ownership of it as well, right? Because we sort of said, hey, look, we need you guys to sort of tell the rest of the organisation that you help design these. Mm -hmm. They're not just created by me and the safety team. And that's what I got a bit of buy-in as well because the guys that do the work actually created the, mm -hmm. the document. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's good. Do you use I mean, one of the things that we've started to do um, over here is um, is is started to to video um, some of the chats that we're having. You, do you, yeah. you know because because there is um you know in in the UK legislation there is a there is a requirement to record significant risk. You know, now a lot of people think that's putting it down on a bit of paper, but we've been Correct. we've been trying trying to just video people chatting. You know, I mean, you know, tell us a story of this job and video it. You know, it'll be it'll be a great it'll be a great you know re record. I would have thought, but do you do anything like that at all? Yeah, look, we we we. I definitely know there is people that can do that. Funny enough, we, were, we had this I had this conversation with my team today. We were chatting about innovation and safety innovation, what we can do better. Mm -hmm. And someone mentioned about recording risk assessments. Mm -hmm. And I know there is an organisation that has an app that right. can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was something we spoke about, but a lot of the guys weren't really that comfortable recording okay. their voices, believe it or not. Yeah, it's no, like no. me on this, mate. I, I probably wouldn't listen back to this because I don't <laughs> like hearing my Glasgow accent. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but look, yeah, like, safety innovation is one of those things, isn't it? We tend to think, oh no, we can't, like, we need to document this. We need, mm -hmm. we need to have sort of some sort of level of demonstrated sort of safety that we've actually done this work. But I totally agree, mate. I think not so much video recording, particularly not with me. Mm -hmm. but, um, but if we can sort of come up with a method of capturing risk in a group environment, mm -hmm. um, one, of the other, one of the things that I'm looking to do here at the organization I'm at just now is. Rather than like, we need to capture this obviously for our meetings, but I was sort of thinking about whiteboarding the meetings, mm -hmm. you know, just stick them on butcher's paper and then 
mm-hmm. photocopying the, or taking photos of what we discussed mm-hmm. and then using them as the sort of minutes mm-hmm. and sort of inform our risk decisions from that. So, um, like I'm all, I, I really love safety innovation. I love seeing what people are doing, but it's probably something that safety in general is not really that great at. Hey, we've um we've come across um I've I've got a uh, a, a business with uh, ja- have you come across James McPherson on rebranding yeah, safety yeah. yeah 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 totally so James and myself have, have set a business up together um which is uh um you know really sort of I suppose helping um helping people in their journey for their health and safety journey it's a, sort of like a coaching mentoring type uh, type program and um and we had a, we had a group of people together on Saturday morning and uh, we use this app called Miro M I R O. It's absolutely fantastic, mate. You really want to look at it. And what it is, it's basically, it's, it's electronic post-it notes. That's probably the easiest, easiest way to, to explain it. And you can just, you know, I had, uh, I have sort of four or five people in, in my, in my room because we're doing everything electronically at the moment. Yeah. And we were just talking, we'd had a presentation from an amazing guy called Jem Hills, um, who's at ex special forces. And he'd done a really, really inspirational chat with the, with everybody. And then we, and then we just broke down his, what he spoke about and what he talked about. And use this this app, use Miro to to basically get everybody's thoughts and start to formulate it. And you you just move stuff around on the screen. It's fantastic, and it's so yeah, it's so user friendly. You know, Colin, that sounds like the Google Jamboards. I don't know if you're familiar with the Jamboards. It's probably. I mean, there's 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 probably lots of them out there. It's just we come across. Yeah, this like I seen. I, I I was put on it basically during COVID actually when we used to have to do so much remote working. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, Google Jamboards, I have sort of sent to the teams like, oh, we could use this for investigations. Yeah. And, then, and because we've done so much modifications to our offices and the way that we work now, yeah. I've noticed in the place that I'm in just now, you can project your laptop on the screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm saying that's probably pretty, we could probably use something like my uh, yeah. uh, the Google Jamboard to sort of yeah. capture some information from the eyes. Mm-hmm. Use it, use it now. Rather than sort of you know how an iCam you have to use like post-it notes and all that sort of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. you should use Google download and, mm. and do it that way. So yeah, anything that's I think we should be doing more innovation in safety. Mm-hmm. I, I do keep an eye on it, but even I just don't know about how much faster. No, it's um you know it's it is a slow it is a, definitely a slow moving uh in a uh, sector, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know, it's yeah, I'll tell you now you've got my brain working. Mm. Like yeah, I think you think about some of the other technology and some of the other industries, just how fast it moves. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it goes back to your original point, where we actually people have that fear that they actually do have to demonstrate mm. compliance. Well, I think I think it's all about you know if, if you think about just just you know industries that are fast moving are, are risk takers. You know they're mm-hmm. taking you know they're taking risk and you know and, and and just trying stuff. And and if it goes wrong, you know you try something else. And people are just are not. Are not as comfortable to do that if they if they've got this perception that the you know that if they get it wrong you know somebody's going to pay with their pay with their life you know or, or get seriously injured and so you, you, I suppose you can understand the people being a bit reserved but um but you know it's that feeling and, it's the feeling safety stuff isn't it yeah. I mean you look at the, the rockets that are flying up there by Elon Musk mm. you know like mm. I, I seen one of his quotes where he was saying oh yes that's cool that it failed yeah. now we learn from it yeah that's right uh, I know that I know that I say to my team and they said it's let's just try it. Try storm it. Mm. You know, let, let's let, just have a think about if it fails or if it goes wrong. Then let's make sure that no one's going to get injured or there's not going to be sort of like organisational reputational damage. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's let's innovate. Let's let's do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, and I think it's, you're totally you're totally right there. You know, it's 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 changing that changing that mindset to to failure, and actually, you know, looking at looking at it as as an opportunity to to learn you know but also i suppose it's it's trying to trying to create the environment where people can fail without getting hurt you know so things can you know things can happen and you know, we mentioned just before we came on air about about capacity and how you know mm-hmm. how how people you know really are, un- are uncomfortable with with terms like capacity and i suppose it's because it's because it's a it's a, it's a relatively new term, you know, phrase that's being used in safety you know relatively new it's been called other things in the past but People still can't visualize visualize it and actually, you know, understand what what people are trying to say. Is it? Could, yeah. Can you can you you know from your experience because you use it a bit? Can you sort yeah. of try and try and bring it to life a little bit? You know what you see is yeah. Look, like I probably wouldn't see capacity of the guys in the fields actually. Mm. Uh, I would probably talk to the guys about 
really when you're driving a car and you leave that two second or three second gap in front of you, mm-hmm. you know, how many times have you known people that run up the backside of another vehicle? Mm-hmm. So I would talk about when I would chat in the field, I would say, if you just build that gap, that leaves you time to fail. Yep. So if you slam on the if the guy in front of you slams on the brakes, you have time to react and stop and, and not have an event. Mm-hmm. But even like having an amazing pre-start toolbox talk, I think is building capacity into the system. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure people are aware of the rules and if something needs to go wrong, how did they, you know, how how would they, how would they resolve it? How would they, they get around it? So that's just a couple of easy terms that I would use for building capacity. It's just basically how you set yourself up for success. Mm. I was listening to you talking about uh, the Land Rover going into the mine. Mm. And, you know, like that's sort of building capacity, right? Mm. It's like you're, you're sort of having that rehearsal before you, yeah. before something does go wrong. That's right. So that's, that's the easy layman terms for me. That's how I always think about building capacity in the system is just keeping that three-second gap between mm-hmm. me and the car in front mm-hmm. it's interesting when you say about a really good pre-start pre-start chats again i mean in i, I did a presentation it was, it was about 18 months ago now um to a to a group of people in the in the quarrying industry and, and i just asked the room how many people how many people are having pre-start discussions and there was only there was only literally in a room of 80 or 100 people there was probably three or four that put their hands up and i just asked mm-hmm. one of them i just asked one of them why you know, why do you do it? And this person said, it's probably the most valuable thing I do every day. All right. And then, so I just asked the rest of the room. So why don't you do it? <laughs> you know, when you've got somebody here saying it's the most valuable thing, but, but you've got to, but it can, you can fall into that trap of it, of them becoming just being done for the sake of being done. And, yeah, you, and you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have a, a pre-start that's actually got value. So what would you yeah. see as a, as a really valuable, how would you, how would you see a really valuable pre-start meeting going? Colin, I'll just go back to your point there about adding value, right? Actually, there was a guy, I don't know if, if you've had him on your podcast, uh, but I've heard him, certainly heard him on other podcasts, a guy called Greg Smith, right. uh, who, who wrote Paper Safe, an amazing book, and it's compulsory reading for any safety person in my opinion. He, was, um, he actually spoke to us about the chat that we created at Urban Utilities. He said, you need to be careful that this doesn't actually become like a normal tick and flick Better paper. Mm-hmm. So it's great. This is like brilliant that you're doing this. It's absolutely amazing that you're brave enough to take that decision. But you have to make sure that it's being done. You have to make sure that the quality is there constantly. Yep. So that was uh that was like a good insight from from like when when Greg came and spoke to us about what we were doing mm-hmm. in terms of our piece. What was the question again? Just really what what makes up a good, you know, what makes what sets a good morning briefing apart from one that's just going through the motions yeah well that's everyone being involved for a start right mm-hmm. so i know that when i deliver toolbox talks i am the least interesting person in that room mm-hmm. but i tell you what i ask the best questions so i just sort of will point someone saying right okay tell me about your day what tools do you need and then i'll sort of just point around the place and make sure that everyone's involved and, and make sure it's a bit of fun as well and have a laugh and just even asking people, but there's the nearest toilets. You know, sometimes they like, like, well, the toilets are there, or, you know, where's the nearest hospital if something goes wrong? Mm. People go, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. So you can get these apps on your phone to tell you where the nearest bathrooms are, where the nearest public facilities are. Mm-hmm. So it's just around, just asking some different and better questions. For me, like I say, I just, I just trigger the conversation to say, how do you set yourself up for success? Or, mm-hmm. And then once everyone's comfortable, I sometimes find Colin that we don't shut up. The pre-starts can go on for a long time. And I have certainly been, in, particularly when I was in labour hire, like I've pulled teams out and I've had the guys knocking on the door saying, hey, Steve, like you're taking too long. And uh, I would often say there's businesses just because you don't do this enough thing. Yeah. Like if, if these guys have got really something interesting to say yeah. and they love telling me it, then you're not listening to them a lot, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true though, mate. You know, if you get if, if mm-hmm. you make them comfortable, well, you can't shut them up in the lobby. So how do you get the um how do you instill the confidence then into the into the people that are that are running these uh 
these meetings, you know, or, or when I say chairing, you know, or the, the the person that's asking the questions. Where do you, where, how do you, how do you do that? Because no, I mean, not, not everybody's do. comfortable doing it, are they? No, not at all. And that's why I sort of lead the way when I do this stuff by saying, I, I, I've certainly coached team leaders and, and supervisors to say, just ask one question and then let the guys sort of run it and then you just become the facilitator of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been in toolbox sessions where the, the leaders are basically just read, read verbatim of the PowerPoint yep. presentation. I'm like, no, 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 let's stop. But get the guys involved and make sure that they understand what the hazards they are. Uh, that, that's, basically, it's just coaching and mentoring and, and reinforcing. You know, like if somebody's doing an amazing job, I can think of one guy... Uh, uh, I'll give him a shout out actually, a guy called Graham Willey, that, who was at Urban Zilly. His toolboxes were amazing because he would get the lads involved. He would sort of ask them, you know, what they learned from yesterday, what, what was going on, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, really having that review and learning approach. Yeah. I've also been in some places where they haven't done it too, too well. Uh, I can think of one organisation. I was working in labour hire. I said to the guy, look, before you start your shift, why don't you ask the teams you know, what went well yesterday? You know what didn't quite go to plan. What did the, what did you learn? You know how was there any sort of feelings? Just open it up. But yeah, he just went storm straight out there and went, oh, right, okay. So who got effing injured yesterday? And I was like, no. <laughs> and everyone, you could see the room just tense up. Going. Yeah, yeah. So afterwards, I was like, no. To, mm. We're going to have to work a bit harder than you. Mm. But I think, once, once, I think once people see how amazing some of these particular pre-start meetings can be, if mm. everyone's involved, it just organically goes. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly know like, what one of my strengths is creating those sort of situations where people do feel safe to sort of talk. And, and I basically put them on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then, like I say, once you get them talking, the, the challenge is shutting them up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, but I do love it. Like I love people talking about risk and, and how they manage it and how they how they do their work and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some of the challenges we hear in the fields because mm-hmm. it's probably something we just don't do well at all, right? And we don't we don't get to we, we take the large hall. You need to start catching hazards and you need to start doing yeah, like you need to start reporting and stuff. But we well, we probably don't do it that great, right? They, they, people just fix hazards as they go along. So what I try to do is start encouraging people to talk about, hey, what hazards did you fix yesterday? You know, yeah. like, what, did, what, what did you come up with? Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and that's definitely well worth sharing in toolbox talks and pre-start meetings. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, mm-hmm. what are you guys fixing that was, was a bit unusual? Yeah. I, I love the post-job review, Colin. I don't know if you've done much in that space, but to me, that's the greatest tool that's ever been created in safety. Because you capture everything, you get the stories, you get you get the scary stories as well that yep. people are fixed. Uh, one in particular was, I remember a lad was talking about cranes starting to sink into the ground and someone was on the end, it was like a cherry picker thing, and someone was on the end of it and started to sink into the ground. Uh, but, they, but they spoke about how they overcame that and how they resolved it. And I thought, this is brilliant. And I think my enthusiasm going, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Tell us more. I think that sort of carries on, and then people feel confident and comfortable sharing some of those scary activities with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, I mean, and I really, I really love the idea of a post job review. But I suppose one of the things I've, um, that I've always had in my head, okay, is you know you've you've got you've got you know you call them swims over here they call them ramps, you know, risk assessment method statement, and uh, um, and. Doing the post job review it gives you a great opportunity to actually say, well, did we do the job like we said we were going to do? Okay, mm-hmm. but 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 obviously that goes a that goes against a lot of what you're talking about here because you actually haven't got written down what we said we were going to do because we're not we haven't got that document. So so how do you capture from the post job review? Okay, how do you how do you capture that learning in a way that that can then be passed on? if it's going to be other people that are going to be doing that job next time, not necessarily the people that were doing it the first time. Yeah, that's, if I could answer that, I would be very, very wealthy, I think. Yeah. Like, what, what, one of the things I was trying to do was create videos 
you know, just short bursts of videos of people talking about the job that they had done. Right. But I suppose the easiest way, and if we tend to default to easy, don't we, is like create like an alert. Or we, we used like an operational learning, and then you would get the guys to cascade that in their, mm-hmm. in their team meetings and things like that and, and talk about it. But I used to encourage the boys. And so when I say the boys, it really was boys up in Philly. Guys, it was, it was like 99% fellas that were in there digging up the roads and fixing water and sewage. Uh, what I would used to do is like just even in your toolbox talks, just talk to each other, just talk about the work that you've done and talk about successful work. I would frequently sit there and there might not be Normally, as you would be aware, when you do sort of planned meetings, there's always like an agenda to follow. Mm. But if there is time to discuss other I'd like to see you like I say, well, tell me about some big job you're doing and what what's been challenging. Mm. And then you would start to see their brains go, oh yeah, well, we had this big massive job out to Ipswich or and we had to get this bigger crane in or we had to get like, a bigger excavator to do that or we had to get contractors in to help us. And, you know, you would just hear, it's just about keeping the conversations about risk flowing. Mm-hmm. You know, like really sort of encouraging people to talk about the successful work and the other work didn't go quite fun. People are not quite as confident talking about what didn't go well with what they are. They like to celebrate their success. But, yeah. mm. but it's, not, it's, it's not that often you, you get the opportunity to, sh- to talk about success, is it? You know, it's, uh, you know, the health and safety, you know, generally, okay, is you just talk about failure, you know, they talk about the accident incident rates, they talk about, you know, you know, accident alerts, what's gone wrong, you know, you know, it's so important to talk yeah. about the things that have gone well to, you know, the more you talk about success, the more successful you're going to be, you know, and, yeah. you know, and it's just, just getting that, getting that, that, let's say you got, you mentioned a few times now, getting the language right, isn't it? So, you know, really talk, talking positively about what's happening out there. Colin, I've got, I have one on one my team, with my team, I do them on, like today, I've done them with the guys in the office today. And I first question I ask them, what went well? You know, tell me about your successes. Mm-hmm. And they find that really challenging to answer because mm-hmm. they just thought, they thought, oh, I don't know. And it, it could be just like meeting a difficult stakeholder or mm-hmm. getting in front of a room in a toolbox. Or something. I just, I, what I'm trying to do though is get them to really think about the work that's going well for them. Yeah. They just see it as a normal part of the job, right? Mm-hmm. And not the same for people who dig up the roads. They just say, oh, it's me just doing my job. Mm-hmm. You don't get to uncover like how challenging that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so but that's that's definitely I, I'm a big person that focus on success. So you you were talking about metrics there. So and the again my previous organization, we didn't really focus on metrics at all. We sort of think that safety was more of a story than the than the, than the numbers. Yeah. So in the place I'm working at just now, there is a little bit of focus on like total bubble rates. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't forget. Like, I forget what these are like because it's been so long since I've really thought about them. And mm. uh, I've got some pretty extreme views on metrics and injury rates and stuff like that. Mm. So it's just educating and coaching people here as well. You know? like, the people are getting excited about the numbers going down and I'm sort of saying, oh, like, I sort of want to be. So I would mind them going up a little bit, actually. And they're like, what? Right, okay, cool. Let's talk about that a little bit. Because that sounds that sound really interesting, mate. Go on then. So, so talk, t- tell us about that then. Why, why would you want to see them go up? Because people are telling telling us what's happening then, Colin. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, we, like, I'm, can, like, you would have heard, you know, look at the, the actual, that Macondo rig, Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. You know, seven years without an event occurring at all. Yeah. Then we had that catastrophic work. I heard Sidney Decker talking on a podcast about like he can't his he's got two kids or three kids and his wife and they can't go a week no. without something happening. So how could this rig go seven years yeah. without capturing an LTI or anything? And I sort of feel the same. Yeah, I just like in general, I, I worked for a place that went 18 months LTI three. And I remember one of the GMs coming to me saying, Steve, I have to present to the boards on what we have done. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Uh, well, it was sort of me, my relationships with the doctors. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was just good, not so much manipulation of the data, but certainly playing around with the data. Mm-hmm. 
that made that possible to get that 18 months LTI free. And I remember I actually came home to Scotland for a break and then flew back to Australia and someone said, oh, you'll never believe it, we had an LTI. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. now, now you guys can start concentrating on work yeah. rather than focusing on keeping that zero. Yeah. And like, just, I, mean, I, I read a lot of papers around metrics. You may have seen that white paper just recently, the construction one that's basically blasting the whole counting of like negative, uh, like the absence of accidents, right? Mm. It's just, it's just a nonsense. So for me and and my sort of new organisation, I'm sort of saying, look, let's not focus on the numbers going down. Let's try and capture some of those critical activities. Let's have a, let's make sure that that stuff's working rather than you relying on a number to say that the organisation's safe. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start capturing like, the lessons? You know, let's get into the field and talk to our people and ask them, you know, is this working? Is this, is this mm-hmm. how we manage working in heights? Is this how we manage excavations? Is this how we manage like working inside uh, tanks and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, confined space entries. So that's that's generally my feeling about numbers. And I definitely, if, if we were getting, if we were tracking and trending towards zero, mm-hmm. I'd be. Uh, I'm saying, right, I want more stories, I want to make sure. I'm happy if everything's working fine, but if you don't know, mm. then I, I definitely, I'm, I'm suspicious and sceptical. So are there metrics you do track then, but they're just obviously not, you know, I mean, when you talk about um, the learnings then, do you do you actually have a, you know, how many learnings have we had this week, you know, or this month? Yeah. That's, that's what you're yeah, tracking. Yeah. 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 And and like, that's not, not in the organisation I'm interested in, but in the previous one, we would uh, have critical control work insights. Yeah. Where we would go into the field and then report back to the business around what, uh, you know, what's been happening. We've been in the field and we had a look at excavation, the, the, the people doing the work with a benched and bars. You know, it's just often that assurance to the boards mm-hmm. and, and the directors that things are in the ELT or that things are working, things are being managed. But also, I, I remember reading someone talking about the watermelon safety. I don't know if you heard that term before. They're saying like no. you're, you're handing up these dashboards and they're all green. You're right, yeah. But if you actually dig in a little deeper, they're, they're red inside. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. And, yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, I love that because yeah. I was probably getting them. I definitely, I would have seen lots of greens mm. in my time and mm-hmm. never thought to sort of interrogate the data a bit deeper. So that's mm-hmm. changed my view even on that. When people mm-hmm. come to me saying, "Oh, yeah, look at all the green," I'm like, "Excellent." But mm-hmm. like, now I be. I'm saying, well, what does that really mean? Mm. And that's the same with the metrics too. You know, like if you're like starting to trend downwards, you know, I'd, I really want people to start telling me the story of the organisation. You know, why is this stuff? Are we actually getting safer, or are we reporting less, or are we, uh, you know, are we incentivising people not to report and things like that? Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's the sort of thing that we want to try and capture. Mm. No, definitely. I really like, like that. I like that watermelon. And I think, I mean, I do think there are, you know, there are things that, that need to be, that do need to be measured, you know, so, you know, um, you know, in, in the UK, there's, 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 there's legislation that says you have to have lifting equipment inspected at certain frequencies that you have mm-hmm. to have pressure. Oh, yeah, totally. inspected. So there's, there's, yeah. there's things there that you, that you do need to, you do need to measure. But if you can automate that, then, then it allows you then to spend more time out, with the people asking great questions, you know, rather than, uh, you know, rather than spending loads of time in the office and cause that stuff's really easy to automate, you know, it's, you know, and, and just, you know, get, get you, get things to track what's going on to allow you yeah, to, so- to, to do the good stuff. Yeah. Look, mate, that's, but that stuff's really important though, right? That is a mm. good measurement. Mm. You know, like understanding what your key risks are, you know, mm. uh, and mm. having the assurance that that stuff's working and, Mm-hmm. And, and accessible to people uh, I, I totally agree in that space that is definitely worth tracking and measuring for sure mm-hmm. so where are you um you know so where are you going then with your uh you know with your approach to to, to sort of Im- improving and impacting I suppose in the workplace you know what are the what are the real key things that you uh that you you focus on regularly and routinely to to push that things forward well, I said I'm going to name drop one of my good mates, Tony McConaughey here. So okay. About a, year, about a year and a half ago, we had some lunch, and he's like, Steve, you're not, you're not a safety person, you're a safety performance guy. Okay. Like, wow, wow, I love that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Han har sett samme morgen, så sånn, jeg kan ende her, kjøpe en kjøpe en kjøpe en kjøpe where the pinch points are, where the goal conflicts are. And you're, you're actually helping improve work. You know, you're not slowing it down by putting extra additional sort of processes. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Uh, and it's something that even now with my team now, I've sort of said to them, you are no longer safety business partners, you are performance professionals. Mm. They're going, wow, that's cool. That, I, mm. And it really is. Uh, so, look, that is my memory. I'm now, when I go into the field now and talk to like the teams, I'm sort of saying, hey, where can I help you improve performance? Where can I help you get faster? Where, where are your goal conflicts? Where are the pinch points in training issues? How can we support you and make you get better? Rather than going, no, 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 you can't do this. Or here you go, there's a, here, here's an, another document. And uh, I mean, I've just discovered a silly thing too, like UX mapping, yep. uh, user mapping. Oh, my words, like, that's going to change the way that documents are written mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I done I done a training course last week, and I just thought this is this is amazing. It's so how quickly you can get to critical information. I mean, that was always a a bone of contention for management that you'd be getting eighty nine page documents or whatever, mm. and the critical information is hidden somewhere like between pages forty eight and forty nine. Yep. Uh, so that, that's something I'm going to be starting to explore a little how I can use our maps on documentation. One of my key takeaways from that was that documents are for using, not reading. Yep. And I thought that's, I liked it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the courses that's put on the Australian Institute of Health and Safety by a guy called Klaus Hopper. But definitely, something I'm hoping to do in the future, definitely. I think that's that's so important. I mean, I'm I'm just working, um, I'm working with one of my guys at the moment on, on just, trying to turn our documents into into things that that people use you know what i mean it's really so it's really interesting and you you did send us through some information on that so i'm gonna i'm gonna have a really good look at uh you know what you sent over there you know so yeah so i said there was a whole body of knowledge mm-hmm. that, that um that yeah i think it's the eiehs have created mm-hmm. so and that there's a whole bunch of chapters and that usability mapping mm-hmm. is one of the chapters Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what the relationship is there with the organisation and the, the guy that provides it, but I, I just find this stuff really interesting. And mm-hmm. if something's a bit different and it's going to make work safer and work better, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have some examples of the usability maps documents, and they're just the, the difference is incredible. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that something happy, you said? Happy, happy, yeah, could, sure. Yeah. Happy to share no, that'd be really cool, mate. It'd be really nice to see to see you know what you uh, what you what you come up with. We um, you know, we're we're just trying you know we're we're trying to just make it if we can get it on one page, then get it on one page. And but it's, but it's but it's more it's not just about just getting it on one page. It's about getting it into a format that people can just relate to in it. And you know, yeah. just use you know, use common and use I mean, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> the, your documents are for the user, not the reader. Yeah, yeah. And like Klaus is coming up with all these little like. These bite side bits of learning, and I'm just like, oh, oh this is, yeah, this is yeah. blowing my mind. Oh, yeah. No, no. There, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's mm-hmm. boring, mm-hmm. but again, it's just so easy just to go create a massive document. Yeah. But it's just yeah. purely for the purpose of protection of the organisation, not for helping the worker do the job. Mm-hmm. 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 So I do feel pretty strongly about documentation. Like it's it's not done properly. Yeah, it's something I've definitely struggled over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've created the stuff, Tom. I've created. We all have, know, mate. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, you know, we all have. So, I mean, could, have you? I mean, can you just give a real, just a key, you know, just a key uh, outline then of what a of how a, a user mapped document looks different then to a, a typical normal document? Are you able to to to, to verbalize so how, that? How, yeah, how can I describe it? Basically, like I say, the documents are for the for the user, not for the, the person who's created for the you know, not for the reader really. So so what the big takeaway for me when I was sort of doing some of that using ability mapping stuff is how quickly it was to get to critical information because of the layout. So anything that wasn't critical so like the example that was used was maybe like a, a nurse who's had many years experience, right? So 
there'll be some things that were put in that document that she knows does happen. And it's maybe not a critical item, but it's just included in the document for the sake of it. So it's a case of like removing some of that, just removing those layers of words. Yeah. And and then layering it out in a, in, a, in a way that you can actually go to it really fast. So if you are about to do a critical step, you can have a look through this document and you'll be able to see it very quickly mm-hmm. around how it's, so you'll have like the step and then you'll have the, the step repeated again and then you'll have the action of how it looks. And honestly, mate, it's really worth checking it out. It's, mm. it's, it's very, very cool mm-hmm. in terms. Uh, but like, the big takeaway for me was that it was how quickly I was able to get critical information quickly. It was because of where it was sitting. You know, if Klaus gave us like a document and he says, right, find the key points. And I'm looking at it going, no, I don't, like, I don't know. And then we had a usability maps document and it's like, find this key point. And you're like, oh, that's right there. Okay. And, it, and it's basically, this, it's the same activity. It's just been mapped differently, scientifically mapped. So that's probably why it will take a while for it to come through because it's research and science. Yeah. science. Yeah. But I mean, I'm very pleased that I've done it. And I certainly hope to be able to do some, some of that work here. No, it'd be really, it'd be, I mean, it'd be really interesting to see to have a look at that. So, uh, yeah, it'd be very yeah, fascinating, sure. fascinating, mate. We'll, uh, we'll catch up yeah, after. Happy to, so, um, yeah, happy to share some of that stuff that time. No, brilliant, brilliant. Thanks a lot. So, um, um, what have you got? Um, what have you got coming up then? Have you got anything exciting coming up in the next, uh, in the next few, few weeks or few months? I, yeah, definitely. Uh, heaps happening. I have, um, just completed. I'm just about to complete my grad cert safety leadership at Griffith Uni. So that was studying under Sydney Decker and Drew Ray and Tristan Casey and, and York Vinger, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really awesome. Uh, what else have I got? Yeah, just keep learning, mate. It's like I'm a big reader. So I, yeah. I, I, listen to pod, I listen to podcasts. I'm always continuously seeing what people are doing. I'm always like to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, see Dave Province got the Safety Futures course mm-hmm. as well. So hopefully jump on that yep. when that comes through too. And it's something I want to put my team through as well. Mm-hmm. We had a chat this morning about some of the planning, training stuff that we'd like and people were talking about safety futures. So mm-hmm. that's probably something to jump on too. So yeah, there's heaps there happening. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, my grad, my grad's there. I love that. I'm really loving that. That's yeah. really broadening my horizon. It's, it's good. To, it's good that so many people are jumping in on that. Well. I think it's it something. It's, it's so important. It's so important to you know. You know, to be fair, it's probably come quite late in my in my career. You know, probably since I've been doing the podcast, I've really it's really opened my eyes to to what's going on out there. And um, but I'm just I'm just today actually. I I'm I'm starting a a coaching coaching qualification. I'm just so looking forward to doing it. You know, yeah, it's, awesome, yeah, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really great. There's, there's so many different ways to learn, right? Yeah, you know, I've right. got, I've got a lad who's worked for me. He's been here like 31 years, mm-hmm. and I say, I'm like, I'm not gonna give you a book because you're not gonna read it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna give you a podcast because I, oh, what's a podcast? Mm-hmm. So I said, well, would you watch YouTube clips? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, watch YouTube clips. So I'll send them YouTube clips, YouTube clips. things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if he's not gonna read, if he's not gonna listen. Yeah, then I'll give them another method of learning. Yeah, that's right. Everyone's different. Everyone's different, and you know, and you, you know, and when you're trying to get that message over to to all the people in the workplace, and you know, we need to use these different communication methods because because people pick things up in so many different ways. Yeah, you know, it's just so important, isn't it? But getting consistency, I think, is the is the thing for me. You know, consistent messages. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and the, and the place I'm working in just now, the, the people are amazing, and they're, mm-hmm. they're really they've got this hunger to do something different in safety. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's part of the reason why I've come on board as well because mm-hmm. it's sort of seemed like what they've done previously, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so they're they're super excited. They they want, they love to hear some of the things. Like I said, sometimes like I'm talking in another language mm-hmm. when I come in here. And, it is, it is you know, a little bit in it, Glaswegian. I'm surprised I haven't sworn yet. Yeah, you're very well behaved. <laughs> you mean, yeah, you, you, might put, you might need to put an explicit tag on here. We should have been drinking for <laughs> But um, I guess like, just, as something that I've said to my teacher, that I really want to embrace these new contemporary safety thinkings. Like, mm-hmm. 
but people are doing some amazing work out there. You know, mm-hmm. Start learning from them, start connecting with people like you, Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, start listening to your podcast. And I, like I really, I really do encourage you know, just start reading. You know? There's some there's some amazing bloggers out there, particularly on LinkedIn. And yeah. people have got some great books out there that you can just sort of have a uh, just short books even as well so oh, my wife books quite short there's loads there's loads there's loads there's we wanted we, as I was mentioning the, you know the thing that we're doing with James um, with Furston you know we've got we've got a monthly book club you know and it's so valuable you know just getting the people to to, to just get dive into a book and then and then when you get the people around the table analysing and talking about the book you learn so much more getting pe- different <laughs> people's perspectives you know you've you've got a load out of it but then you you listen to what other people have got out of it and it just can blow your mind you know, it's just oh, absolutely yeah. fantastic. You know? I mean, that's a good idea for a clubhouse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like a safety yeah. book club. Yeah, yeah. So I might be worth it. I might well, be worth yeah. considering. Yeah, well worth, well worth it, mate. But yeah, come on now. Hey, and you're more than welcome to come along to one of our uh, one of our meetings. You know, come along. And, yeah, James, uh, James, James did mention James did mention it because I think you might have shared our visual safety policy that we had. Yes, so yeah. We had a, like a, like a cartoon safety cartoon policy, safety. Yeah, which yeah. people love. Yeah. People absolutely love, but then, but then there's others who think, oh no, that's that's not that's not we don't like that because it's you guys are making safety fun, and we're like, yeah, yeah. we are. <laughs> that's, we're on a mission to do it. So so you know, yesterday I was um I was chatting with a client yesterday who um who, and their you know their website is just so it's just so interesting, it's just so fascinating, and uh, um who, who's and, that? Mean? It's a it's a it's a client a one of my clients called they're called Purify in um in, mm-hmm. in in the UK and they and they're just they're very much about people you know it's very much about and 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 so they've said look you know our health and safety policy you know we don't we don't want something that's boring <laughs> you know can you help us bring it to life and yeah of course we can you know what I mean and so that's what we're doing we're we're just we're just you know and we're gonna you know we we were just chatting to him yesterday and just really getting down to their values you know what what is it that they want to you know because let's portray that in their in the in in the in the documents that they put out rather than it being this this boring document that says we're gonna we're gonna comply with the law and we're gonna train our staff you know let's actually talk about you know um you know what was it they said i wrote i wrote i wrote some notes down um um yeah one of the things they do is understand understand um understanding our mistakes um and uh and engaging with our clients before they understand that they've had a mistake do you know what i mean you know so so we want to we want to you know when we know we've got something wrong we're not going to dip our heads in the sand we are actually going to go and talk and actually say look this hasn't quite worked out you you know that's that's how we're going to talk about it how we're going to take it forward and we're just going to try and build that into 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 their policy you know that's you know Mate, I heard you talking a couple of weeks ago and something you said really resonated with me that you read the policy of this organisation. It's probably this organisation you're talking about, mm-hmm. but that the policy didn't reflect how work is actually being done. It's like yeah. it's such it's such a like a sanitized version. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then I think and I think that's probably going back to that legal stuff again, right? We're just so scared yeah. to, to put ourselves out there that we'll just keep it going and it doesn't reflect the values of the organization at all yeah uh, but i really like that i really connected with that yeah no, what you were talking about yeah. no no without a doubt mate so it's uh, yeah it's just really fascinating just really really fascinating so um so Stephen, how can people get hold of you if they want to if they want to get hold of you uh look i'm pretty active on linkedin mm-hmm. uh, just have a look for Stephen harvey you'll see me there like mary poppins with my umbrella in the sun <laughs> uh, out in the field as I like to be uh, you can definitely get there you can get me on Instagram I've got a little safety Instagram page which likes to put fun at safety a little bit right. I use it for learning so you can get me on safety boy safety and then B-H-O-Y so even even though I'm away from home I'm a, I'm a big football fan I'm a big Glasgow Celtic fan so you can right, get yeah. me <laughs> you can pretty unhappy at the moment on. then I am very down. distressed yeah, down, I am very, yeah, yeah. very distressed, Colin. That's the beauty of living in Australia. Like I can just switch off from everything. <laughs> and and uh, not, I not, not as distressed as I am, mate, because I mean our team is just selling out. I'm an Arsenal fan, and we're just we're just oh, selling our yeah. we're selling our soul, mate. Selling our yeah. soul to the devil. 
So yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's, yeah. A, that's a conversation away from this. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Yeah. Uh, yeah, say, yeah. But, but yeah, look, you can definitely. I've actually just joined Clubhouse as well. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a few people to join on with me. So have mm-hmm. a look for Stephen Harvey on Clubhouse if you want to come and I'll come help me moderate. Yeah. yeah, sort of help me moderate an event. It would be good to do. It. I like that idea of that book club calling. Yeah, that's that's um you know let's have a good um. Let's have a good. Let's have a good chat, mate. Let's have a good. It's, it's, you know, let's get it going. I mean, the beauty of Clubhouse is we can just we can just dive on there. And we, we can chat away and uh, you know and uh, and then and then move on. So uh, you know, let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, actually, your, that, that point you made about other people reading and sort of connecting in a different way. Mm. Like I can really relate to that. And mm. There has been people I've talked to about books and they went, "Oh, did you read that bit?" And they go, "What? No, no, I don't remember that at all." And I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's one of my yeah. key takeaways." That's the, that's the thing, mate. That's the thing, is it? You know, and I suppose you know people people read in different ways. I mean, I I use Audible a lot, which which isn't mm-hmm. which isn't which is great for me. I mean, I was I, when I was out I was out on a run last night, and um, we're um this this month we're um um we're reading a book. It's not a, it's not a safety book at all. Um, the book the book that we're reading at the moment is called uh, My Ice Our Our Iceberg is Melting, and it's all about it's all about change management. Okay. And it's only it's only a short. It's a guy called John Cotter. It's a really really short book. It's oh, just, okay. just over an hour, just over an hour long. But um, I I was out running and listening and and really fascinated by it. Um, but if you you know, but you can't make any notes when you do that. You know what I mean? You know you can't you can't write anything down. You know so so there'll be bits I know that I will have missed. I will have been you know running across a junction or something like that and I'm loving to look around make sure there's no cars the cars around and I wouldn't I wouldn't have been yeah. totally focusing on the book um, I've just started I've just started dabbling in the audible okay but I'm the same I don't have the concentration span for it yeah. I, I remember like when I really started discovering podcasts and I was doing a lot of driving I actually had to buy a notebook and I put it on my sun visor okay. and I'd be driving along the road making notes time oh, yeah. like the- Todd said this or oh, yeah. you said this or mm. whatever mm. Uh, yeah. this time and I have to go back and revisit it mm. yeah. I do consume a lot of information from podcasts I mean I think that's, again that's, that's been one of the really interesting things about you know lockdown in the UK I mean I used to drive loads I mean I've I've gone from 35,000 miles a year probably to about 10,000 but you know but and what and what I've which is fantastic because I'm much much more productive but I've lost I've lost that reflection time I've lost that thinking time you know that uh, that listening to to podcast time because I'm, I, I walk out of my office here, which is at home, and then I'm into into home life, if you know what I mean. And there's no, yeah, totally. there's, there's no, there's no gap. There's no three quarters of an hour gap between this door and and and, and home life starting. And you've got to be yeah, really, totally. you've got to be really, really careful. You know what I mean? To, uh, you know, to to not let, I suppose, not let things creep too far. You know, and yeah. all, of, all of a sudden you find that you know where you would have let say left a client site at half four quarter to five five o'clock whatever that you you know and get home at six that you're not still sitting in this desk at six or half six or seven o'clock you know and it's got to be so okay every, everyone i think everyone who listens to this mate would probably agree with that too there's been a few times that I, you normally if i'm working from home i'll normally switch my laptop on about seven in the morning mm-hmm. and just rifle through my emails and that sort of thing and then i know five o'clock at night six o'clock at night just to look up I need to kind of from the desk yeah. mm-hmm. and just turn my laptop completely off. But we, luckily for us in, in, in Queensland and in Australia in general, we're starting to get like a, a bit of normality now. People are starting to go back to work and have been for a number of months now. So, what is it now? Just uh, after just after four with you now, is it? Yeah, ten. Yeah, so I mean, you'll be you'll be just lighting up the barbie now, won't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, get some shrimps bar. on the barbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going go to the barn. That's it. That's that's what we're doing here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's well, like you're coming into your British summer, mate. So you'll be able to do that summer. stuff as well. Yeah, bit beautiful now, mate. Lovely, lovely now this time of year. Yeah, so, I'd, like I say, I don't want. Just gets better. Like I've seen earlier. I don't want to disturb you, but it's like coming into our. We're in autumn and it's like 25, 30 degrees outside. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's been, yeah, I'm very fortunate to live here, mate. It's, yeah, um, uh, I do. Uh, Australia's been very, very kind to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to live here. Wonderful. Come and visit us. Come yeah, no, we'll, definitely. Come, we'll come and do, uh, come over and see you. Definitely. We've got family in Melbourne. So, uh, so. Um, 
thank you ever so much mate you know really appreciate no, uh, awesome. um having a chat it's, really, it's been really really nice so uh um and, yeah uh, i appreciate it too colin you, you made it easy mate so that's <laughs> <laughs> I uh, do appreciate your chat. I hope, I hope you and anyone else who's listening get something from it and happy to connect and share anything that we've got. But I, we do, when I worked at Urban Intelligence, we did get a lot of people asking us for information constantly. Mm-hmm. So I keep on my feature page on LinkedIn a lot of the work that we had done. So if anyone wants to have a look at that, they can go in and Make sure you say hello, though. Don't just go in and steal something. Pop <laughs> <laughs> in, connect and say hello. No, that was brilliant. Hopefully you find some value in it. Brilliant. That's great stuff. Thanks a lot. Do you know how sometimes you, you meet people and you can just sort of just chat with them for ages and, you know, it just feels like you've known them for forever? Um, that's how I've just come off of the call with uh, Stephen. That's how I feel. You know, just what a lovely, lovely guy. Stephen... Thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, it's just really fascinating just chatting to you about, you know, about your approach to, you know, to risk assessment, to pre-start meetings, you know, critical controls, that, that user mapping that you were talking about at the uh, at the end about making documentation just really, you know, in, you know, accessible for the people that are, that are having to use the, uh, the documents. I just think it was just really, really great. But it goes so more than that because you know when we when we actually stopped um, recording, you know Stephen and myself just then started talking about about you know the the opportunity that he had to going over to Australia and and just what an amazing life he's made and how he's met amazing people and you know and he said look get yourself over and let's go out and have a drink and they'll just thought yeah I want to do that I want to go and I want to spend some time having a few drinks with you in a bar in Brisbane or wherever it is so we we will make that happen at some point but. But if that is how you've made me feel, you know, within within the hour that we had chatting, then I know that you are just going to be you are so successful in engaging with people in the workplace, and and that's such a fantastic and valuable skill, you know. And if people are listening to this, you know, for me the big takeaway is you know is is become better at communicating, become better at engaging with people, you know, break down the barriers that are there. And, you know, and really engage with people about the things that are really important to them. And if you can do that, then uh, then you're going to you're going to have a better, more successful and, uh, and ultimately safer business. Stephen, thanks a lot. Um, we will chat again for definite. And, uh, you know, and if we can, uh, if me and the missus can get on a get on a plane and come over to Brisbane, then uh, we're definitely going to going to sit down and have a, a really nice meal with you somewhere. I hope uh, I hope you found this this episode interesting. Um, I loved it, and uh, you know, thank you ever so much uh, for listening. It'd be really great if you could uh, if you could share or sub, um, subscribe. Um, you know, tell people about the interesting health and safety podcast. Press the buttons. Do what you have to do. You know, and let's get these uh, these messages out to, to more and more people. Hey, look, thank you ever so much uh, for listening, and uh, catch up with you again really soon. Bye bye now. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilised in the real world as the only solution available, as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Colin Nottage.